Hey everybody, Chris here introducing the fourth episode of You're Killing Me with Jeff and Mick. It kind of surprised me when they told me they were going to be doing The Straight Story by David Lynch because it doesn't have any immediately obvious addiction and or recovery component. But what it does has, have is a very strong amends component, making amends. Um, and that's always fascinated me being from being outside the rooms. And, and seemed to me the, almost the most important of the steps is, is that making amends and, and, and get, asking for forgiveness and, and trying to make things right that you had made so wrong. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's, it's pretty interesting. The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Another clean and sober intervention. You're killing me. Hey everyone, this is uh, Jeff and uh, Pop. Pop St. John here for you. Uh, and this week we've got a we're we're talking about a kind of a quirky film, and not not so much a film about addiction, although it comes to play a role, turns out. But it's called The Straight Story by David Lynch. Right? Correct. Yeah. It was actually, it was done um, in between uh, two of David Lynch's movies. Right. Um, two of his creepy, well-known movies. I remember when this yeah, came out. Yeah, Lost it's, Highway and then uh, Mulholland Drive. Oh. And in between, it was a straight story. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not uh, from a... Tonal, I guess it is a little from a tonal, but it's not. But the way it's shot, the way he puts things together, it, he's a beautiful film director, right? Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, the um, film stars. Uh, what it's? Let me tell you. Let's uh, why we start out with right. what it's about. Yes. And it's based on a true story. Oh, it is. Uh, I didn't know yeah, that. It is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Based on a true story about a guy named Alvin Strait, who's old, like me. <laughs> And um, he's a pop. He's a pop. He has a daughter who's played by Sissy Spacek. Wonderful. Yeah, and, she um, he uh, ends up falling in his house at the very beginning, yeah. and he has to go to the doctor, and he doesn't want no walker. Yeah, he doesn't he want any. I don't want no walker. No test. Right. And don't, you know. Don't charge me for nothing. Yeah, you can relate to that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I can relate to that, you know, and <laughs> forget about it. And uh, he goes back home, and, and there, you know, as Jeff said, beautifully shot uh, scenes with the night sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets a call. Right. Uh, that his brother has had a stroke. And they haven't spoken uh, in ten years. Ten years, yeah, no longer. No, it was ten years. Ten years, yeah. Okay. Um, so he doesn't have a drive. He does not have a driver's license. Played by Richard Farnsworth, by the way. Yeah, he's really good. Was um, it, and was, he he was nominated for an Academy Award. Okay. And this and it's, was his last movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he was a, a stunt driver. Right? I mean, or stunt person. Oh, is that what he was? Fifties uh, and wow. So I was wondering why he was well known towards the later stages of his career, but I'm like, what did he do before that? He was a stuntman. That makes sense. Right, wow. right. Because um, he's really good in this. He's really good in everything. He's, but he's always yeah. an older guy, and he's always great at it. Right. Right. Yeah. And 
he decides that uh, he wants to go and see his brother. And see his brother. And we don't know why, but he's going to go. He's got to go. He needs to go see his brother. But, and we don't know why at the beginning of his journey, but we later find out why he's got to go. I mean, his brother's had a stroke and he wants to see him again, but we don't know the he's got to see him again, right? Yeah, I mean, he's made that choice. Yep. Like, the choice that they made to, um, I guess, the argument, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you never really find out. You don't? Well, he says it in the bar as he gets, you know, right when he gets there. But anyway, so the, the plot is basically he can't drive, he can't get on a bus... There's all these no, reasons. he can get on a bus, but he but they can't and, pick him up. No, he can get on a bus. Someone will be willing to drive him, um, but he has to do it his his he, own way. His own way, ah. simply because I, you know, I was getting the feeling because of the way of the relationship, mm-hmm. he had to find his own way back to his brother. Wow! So he and, ends up taking a riding mower. Which is uh, John Deere. John Deere, John Deere riding more from someplace in Iowa to Wisconsin to Wisconsin, and it takes like a month, across. right? Yes, exactly. That's so funny. So that's the movie. Is this journey, this epic journey to make this amend, right? Which is why we picked it for this show, right? In in the way of how does this relate back to uh, recovery and spirituality and the twelve steps and all those things? Is uh, we find out along the way that that they had this drunken argument 10 years ago um, and that things were said that could never be unsaid. And this, this man felt so bad that he, when he found out his brother might not make it and had a stroke, he knew he had to make this amends, right? He knew he had to right. sit with him. And that's sort of the driving force behind the whole movie. Right. It's not said, but it's, I mean, it's not verbally said, but that Jeff had yeah. exactly it. It's implied. And what, happens on this movie he runs into people that are having the same problem yeah well yeah uh, the first one's a pregnant um girl yeah pregnant runaway that he so he kind of he kind of takes his riding mower up these old these small roads and then parks every night right right and kind of makes his way across because he's got a trailer attached to it yeah and um braunschweiger yeah and yeah and he eats yeah that's funny so yeah, the preg- the runaway girl. He he, uh, and there are all these little great moments as he goes across there as he explains the importance of family as it all becomes clear to him. Right. So that first moment he talks about he tells this analogy to the pregnant pregnant girl how he used to tell his kids when you pick up a stick and you break it it's one stick but he had his kids put a bundle of sticks together and then of course they couldn't break that that bundle of sticks and he said that's family and the. Because the girl was running away from her family, didn't think her family would accept that would she was pregnant. It, right. And he does mention too that yeah. Sissy Spacek, and it flashes back a little bit. Yeah, who lives with him? Yeah, um, the only daughter that lives with him had two children. There and there was a fire. Oh yeah, and uh, you yes. know it was in some freak accident. They didn't get hurt, but they were taken away from her. Yeah, her children were taken she, You know, the the founder says that she's a little bit slower. Yeah, she plays kind of a mentally slow yeah, character. Yeah, me, uh, Or just has some kind of, yeah. Mentally retarded yeah. Is, is what the, uh, I was getting. Yeah, she was great, though. She played it really well. She's great. She is brilliant. Yeah, she's always good. From Carrie yeah. to in the bedroom. Yeah. All the way. Yeah, she's really good. So so then he continues on his journey. Um 
my favorite scene. So you kind of put this movie into acts and try to figure out just just the greater meaning to this thing, right? What right. what is the because it is a movie that wants to say something about family and amends and making peace with things, um, touching and, lives. Yep, but that there's that great scene uh, which I guess is sort of before he crosses the bridge. He he ends up oh, losing yeah, his yeah. brakes going downhill, and he ends up in some neighbor's yard and they have this couple days together while his his uh john deere's getting fixed right but the two brothers who fix it are the farley brothers played by the farley brothers and they're fighting the whole time and that is a brilliant scene when he talks them out of the price because he's like well guys you know i've just seen you bicker so i'm wondering how much bickering time you spend on my car my tractor and how much actual work time you spend on my tractor i figure that's worth about 20 percent yeah yeah (laughs) but then he tells dollars and 25 cents but that's when he tells him the story of what why he's going and his brother and how much brothers know about each other and your brother's the only one that can stand by you and i mean you know he gives this great and you know richard farnsworth's the only guy who can deliver that without sounding totally sappy he's just so good at right sort of thing so and then this is the interesting part and this was the part i wanted to talk to you about so he goes right before he ends the final scene he ends up in a bar Mm -hmm. in wisconsin and he orders a miller light and up to this point he's talked about he's quit drinking like because he quit drinking he hasn't had a drink in a long time. So you've kind of figured he's an alcoholic. He has had, at least he's had problems. Had real problems, problems with al- yeah, yeah. alcoholism. Cause he, and then he learned the story of his brother that he got in a fight with when they were drunk. And he says this. And so he has this one beer. And he just drinks one and the bartender offers him another one. He says, no, that's enough for me. But but that's my, I was just well, curious. The story, the reason he had that beer yeah. was the story of um, when he was in the war. Oh, Okay. And that was you know, it. and he was talking with the other guy who was in World War Two also. Yeah, yeah. And they both suffered losses. Yeah. In that, and I think, I mean, you know, I mean, for him, it was a moment of camaraderie where yeah. he puts everything else aside, you know, mm-hmm. and and meets with them. I, you know, but I wonder why he had them him drink a beer anyway, just. I don't know. I just I couldn't figure that out. And maybe because you were left to assume he was making an amend. If this, if he was an alcoholic, this would be an amends journey, right? Like he's got to make right. this amend. Um, and and so I didn't I didn't quite understand the the part of that. Why why there must have been a reason for it, but I couldn't figure it out. If because if you were an alcoholic, you wouldn't have drank that beer regardless. Well, I think it, if he wasn't, I mean, I think being an alcoholic, he. They'd never mentioned meetings, but he mentioned he got sober with a priest, right? right so there right. was some really there was some well, there was hints yeah, to it. Well, I want yes, I mean, but if it wasn't like our, the, our other two movies where yeah. you know they where he was for sure an alcohol where addict. well yeah. where they mentioned you know meetings and yeah, they yeah. show a meeting in the movie yeah, yeah. and uh, so did you think he was an alcoholic? Do you think he was a recovering alcoholic in this film? Yeah, I do. Okay. And so then that beer, do you think he was, like, he was going up there to pass, to die with his brother, or did you think they were, he was going to make this amends and somehow come back, or, you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, Well, I, the important thing, I think, was the journey and then totally. getting there to his brother. Yeah. That was it. And yeah, very much. Beyond that was a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. So, Because um, the brother is played by, he's in one scene, 
The, the amends is made when his brother asks his brother. That's the best. Is that you, Alvin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says... By Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Did it you come all the way up here? Favorite. Yeah. yeah. Did you come up here on that tractor? And Alvin said, yeah, I did. And that was the amend. Like, that was the end of the movie. And like, they sat together yeah. on the porch yeah. and, and just kind of looked. Yeah. And Harry Dean Stanton was about to cry. Or, you know, you could tell he was so emotional that his brother had come all the way up here in this yeah. freaking tractor. To make you know, you could tell right then that it was all gonna be good. That the, whatever, yeah, whatever had happened, yeah, which it's not explained, no. but whatever had happened, it was forgiven. Yeah. Did you when you got sober? Did you make? I'm sure you've made lots of amends over your time in sobriety. Was there any that struck you as going out of your way, or was there any? I've heard some great ones over the years. Just the amount of uh, effort or or fear, or I don't want to make this amend, or, you know, kids who've done awful things have to make amends to their parents. Uh, we both know someone who burned their parents' house down and had to make that amend when drinking. Um, yeah, but I wonder if, if there was anything that struck you, or if there was anything hard about doing that when you got sober, or anything that you held on to, or any amend you didn't want to make. It took me a while to make amends to a couple people that I just didn't want to do it, you know? Um, but I wonder if, yeah, I don't know. You know, a lot of mine had to do with the way I was, the way I was living, and the way I, you know, treated people. Yeah. And learning how to be more loving. Yeah. And be more understanding. Be more patient. Yeah. yeah. Like he was so patient with his daughter. Yeah, he was. He was patient with everybody he met, and um, that is continued. I mean, to be one of my growing areas in making amends because that's you know mm-hmm. saying you're sorry or to me isn't amends. It, it, it's really a, the the change yeah. of attitude that I have. It's a living amends, as they say. As they say, yeah. yeah. Did you have to make them with your family? No. Um, Did your family see you at your worst? You know what I'm no, saying? No, no, no. They, they, you know. Um, no, they, they call it, you know, and and you know they are very supportive. Yeah. But I mean, I think that with with them, they weren't around. I mean, I wasn't around them. But they knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. More than I knew that yeah. they knew. Yeah, that was you the know, same. So. I had the. I was. I did most of my damage not with my family. I had nothing. I had. I had a sister that we still. She, she's recently sober, maybe. So we've had a rough go of it our entire adult lives. Um, but I made amends to her several times, and then several times have done things over the years where I needed to make more amends. <laughs> <laughs> but she's been, you know, in and out. I don't even know if she's, she's been kind of sober, gone to meetings. She's definitely one of us. I don't know where she's at today, but has had a rough go of it health-wise recently, which is always hard. All um, right. So, so much. Yeah. So anyway, I, I this movie struck in that tone, like, is there something, you know, like that you just, you have to, to do, you know, when you, it's funny because if he was in, he was not drinking uh, for 10 years, had changed his life. You know, it seemed like he had had this, this 10 year period of uh, really 
uh, he had a good life. Yeah, he know? had a good life. He had friends. Yeah, but he had made... Which is so funny, because I love when he's going shopping at the general store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're going, Alan? Yeah. Why are you buying... And the guy doesn't want to sell his stuff, because, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, geez, that's a grabber. Why do you want yeah. to need a grabber? I know. Alvin wants... I'm going to be grabbing stuff. Yeah. Alvin wants the guy's favorite grabber at the Ace Hardware store, and the, that's the that's a great scene where the guy just... He doesn't want to sell his favorite grabber, and then Alvin talks about it for 10 bucks. It's pretty funny. And, and so you get those David Lynch moments, yeah. you know, like when the woman yeah. hits the deer. Yeah, she goes. Oh, oh yeah. where's hitting these deers? Yeah, I look. Yeah, what do you it. what do you think that meant? I mean, I don't think I think it was a David Lynch. Moment. Yeah, but yeah, you. But I wonder what this in the bigger, you know, picture of symbology and and spirituality and just life. I I you know you try to read into these things. Like, is there a, a biblical fable that this was was modeled after? And these were these tests or these moments because that deer thing was totally. Just bizarre. Yeah, this woman hits a deer. She gets out and just goes crazy because she she goes. I, this is the fifth, the seventh deer I've hit in eleven days, and I have to drive on this road, and I can't believe I have to drive there to work and back to work. And where do these deer come from? And I love deer. And I love deer. And then she gets her car, takes off. He looks at the deer and cooks him for dinner. <laughs> yeah. David Lynch on the. I mean, of course, I had the soundtrack. Of course. Well oh, you do. It was a great soundtrack. It was. Well, just it, it was, was very sweet. It was such a the, sweet you know, movie. You it, know, it's a movie to watch if if you ever just you know it's a movie to watch if you're not feeling good. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, it it involves you right from the beginning, um, and you you stay with it to the end, yeah. and and you feel good afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it really. It's. I don't want to say it's a feel good movie because it's more than that. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. definitely more than a feel-good movie, but it, yeah. it, um, David Lynch wrote on the back of the uh, soundtrack that tenderness can be just as abstract as insanity. Really? Yeah. Tenderness can be just as abstract as, as insanity. Wow. Comparing, you know, this movie to his other movies, yeah. you know, yeah. um, where there's so much craziness going on. Yeah. And and what do you think? What do you think you meant like, by that? Like. Uh, opening your heart that much to be that tender leads you to to kind of just feel out of control or what do you think like well that's I really think, interesting i think what he was referring to is with his other movies because people are doing yeah you know, okay i can't you can't figure this out well you know david lynch is not meant to be figured out right it's meant to be experienced yeah, yeah. um but this know, movie was this was meant to be experienced yeah, yeah. And rated G, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it it's really there's there's just something about it, and yeah. and it it touches it seems to touch you where you you know where you're hurting, yeah, as well as you know the tenderness that is inside you to bring it out. Yeah. It's really a hopeful movie. Yeah, and it makes you feel that way afterwards. Why do you think he waited so long to make this a man? Just put it off. It's easy to put off, I guess, but it's interesting. Well, I think when you get into, you know, that's the problem when you get. Into but if a he was fight, sober, but if he was sober for ten years, I wonder how bad this thing was that he that he 
waited such a long time, not the phone call or whatever. It's just an interesting thing you know, to think it, about. It, yeah, well, I mean, that that happens to a lot of families. Yeah. Where you just I put mean, this stuff off, or it's it's a matter of you know um, someone has to take the first step. Yeah, families and, are weird that way, right? It's hard. Right. It's it, just so much different in a family right. than with someone else that's not. And even it, and it, this is more than I think in the men's. Uh, uh, he, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's. Doing it for himself, but also doing it for um, oh his his brother. Yeah, and um, I think it just hit him that he's you know yeah his brother's in need and he needs to be there. Yeah. I know I'm really uh, close with my two brothers. Yeah, and um, one's a year and a half younger, and um, uh, one's eighteen years younger. And I mean, we're we're always there. I know when um, I was first diagnosed with MS, David was the first person I told him. Yeah. And I waited a year to tell him, yeah. know, anybody else. But um, that brother speech was good yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that hit. Really I tell my boys that all the time. Like, they fight all the time because they're ten and seven, but. You're, you're trying to instill in them that no matter what, you know, uh, girlfriends exactly. will come and go, friends will come and go. Exactly. All that stuff will come and go. But at the end of the day, no one's going to know you or be with you like your brother. You know? Exactly. And, you know, and that was like when my brother got divorced. Yeah. Um, what happened was he had called me, said he wasn't doing well. And he had his massive heart attack at 36. Yeah. So, um, I come up there and, you know, I mean, and I'm with them and uh, there was nothing I could do that was right. Everything I touched, that used to be my, you know, X, Y, Z, but he needed an outlet. Yeah. And he, I think, and so he could yell at me and. Yeah. And. Get out his anger. Get out his anger. And he knew that, um, you know, I would just. Be the, you know, yeah, I could, I would, yeah, you I could, could take, take it, it and you wouldn't take it personally, and you just saw it for exactly for what it was, right? And only brothers can do that, and only, yeah, exactly, yeah, you know, and that's why when he was there for me, uh, yeah, you know, um, he, you know, so it, it's like that. And the thing is, is, is when you're not drinking and you're and you are being sober or you're mm -hmm. living a different life. Mm -hmm. Which is what sobriety is living, living a different life. You get that opportunity to focus on those types of things, you know, to mm -hmm. be there for yeah, there someone to um, to know more about yourself, yeah, and and to really, you know, because this life is not easy. No, well, that and you bring that's a good point, like. Regardless of whether he should have made the men's earlier, the fact that he was sober is the only way he would have made, was even around to be... Right. Yeah, he was alive. The fact that he was still kicking. Right. And the, the only reason that he was able to do that. Yeah. And do it his way. I mean, because yeah. there was something about, no, I have to, like, I have to take this step. Yeah. Literally. And he was walking on two canes at that time. I know, I know. 
And so he was literally having to take those physical steps. He drove right from Iowa to Wisconsin. I know. It was at it was two miles fun. an hour. Exactly. Yeah, it's you know. it was really funny. The uh, the the amends process, the the inventory process in recovery, and then going out and making amends. Uh, you've taken people through that, I'm sure. Yes. What do you tell them why they got to do it? I mean, it's all in the big book, but just as a little remedial course for people who are just maybe entering recovery, the, you got it's the cleanup well, process of your well, life, right? First, they, you know, I've had, uh, I've had sponsors that, or, or, or I've taken people through this process. Yeah. Of the steps. And, and, um, and, for example, we start with the, we'll start with the fourth step, and they'll they'll come over, and we, I, we've gone through the book, and yep. they can't really think of something, right? And I say, you know, we'll we'll talk, and I'll uh, come to find out that you know one angry with his father, right? And you know, I said, well, just tell me, who you, who, yeah, who are you angry with, and you know, and the emotion um, came out where he, you know, started, you know, crying. Mm-hmm. And I think that was part of the healing process to get to first to get in touch with that. Yeah. And because that's why we we drank to cover it up. Yeah. And we continue to drink to cover it up and to cover more up because it it. It hurt to feel. And it still, I mean, it still does hurt to feel. But there is that process in sobriety and living a different life that no matter what it is, no matter how you feel, I mean, in terms of it being a good day or a bad day, that there is some peace, that there is redemption in the world. That the world's a good place. Yeah. Do you owe anyone an amends right now? I'm just thinking through my life, like, oh man, I think. Do I, I owe you one? No, I don't know. Mike and I you had know, a uh, Mike and I had a rough morning. Pop St. John and I had a rough morning. I was in a pissy mood. You were in a pissy mood, dealing with my normal uh, crazy, uh, crazy life. insanity of just yeah, and well, it's mostly my cause. Yeah. yeah. I cause my own problems. I think the world causes. I think you. No, yeah. I mean it's not a matter of. See, I, I, when people say I cause my own problems. No, no, I do. You don't. Well, God just doesn't like you. That's, <laughs> well, I think that might. In your last uh, life, you, know, I, you were a right bastard. What was, I, uh, what was that saying that uh, you told me once that I was your cross? Yeah, <laughs> that I you was were your way to heaven? You were my cross that I had to bear. Like, no matter yeah. what I did, St. Peter would be like, did you do anything good? I'm like, well, I hung out a lot and listened to him. <laughs> And now he's telling everybody who I who I am. Oh, <laughs> Pop Saint John. But yeah, he's saying, "All right, you're in." Anyway, so we'll let, we'll let's this will be good because we're kind of at a good time. I'm gonna make amends for being a pissy bastard to you, Pop, today this morning. You, know, you weren't. I, 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 I felt I was. So let me just feel bad and make amends. I need probably to make amends to my two children who were up last night, and I was I like at yourself. five in the morning, and I was all bitter at them. So I need to probably go say I'm sorry to them too. Um. And how are you going to do that? Just tell them. 
Oh, let's take it for ice cream. Oh, dude, I, you can't give them more sugar. They get plenty of sugar. Sugar is not the answer for them. They they weasel enough of that during the day. <laughs> Take them for coffee? Okay, I'll take them for coffee. Take them for Starbucks. I will. I'll take them for Starbucks. All right. So, anyway, I'm sorry for that. And we're going to, what are we going to, so I don't think you owe me an amends. No. I don't think you did anything wrong this morning. Well, I don't think you did either. I think you just had a regular rough day. See, and that's like the brother connection we have, too, you know, Um, where, yeah, I get it. You had a bad day. Yeah. No. So anyway, the straight story, it's about making amends. Very important part of the process. It was a wonderful movie. Of life. Yeah. Life. So thumbs up. We both agree we love this movie. Oh, yeah. you know. It was beautiful. Five stars. Five stars, I agree. Next week, we were talking about, I would love to do, I've never seen The Lost Weekend. I've oh, also never good. seen This Is Bill W. Now, you own both of those films. No, I don't. I don't either. Oh. I think. All right. Well, we're going to pick a movie, and we're going to have it ready for next week. It's going to be... Exciting. Okay. Should we do the uh, Go ahead. Darren Aronofsky one? Oh, man. I think, I think I have to psych myself up for that. Maybe. We could. That means I'd have to watch it this week. You better not. I'm telling you, that movie, is, is like, it's been haunting. I guess I'm, I could, yeah, I could, I could do it. Are you ready I for it? we should watch it together. All right. Okay, maybe we'll do that. You know how much I loved it. No, I know. It's Alan a, Burson. It's a great movie. So maybe we'll do that Requiem Requiem next week. If I chicken out, it'll be something like that. It'll be Resurrection. Weekend. Okay. Resurrection, what's that? It's an Alan Burston film. Okay. Is it about addiction and it, it, It's about more about living life on life's terms and being given a gift. Oh. And how... Um, you choose to use this gift and how other people may react well that's good alright do you want to do resurrection Uh, maybe let's talk about it alright sounds good good luck this week and uh, we'll see you next week alright